Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock, and I start our FAQ podcast series. We're going to have posts going up on the site all throughout July and we'll have some accompanying pods uh, throughout the month as well as uh, you're listening to this on the last day of June. Can you believe it? Training camp is coming. So we're starting our FAQ series here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast today. Expectations with Deshaun Watson, without Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson is suspended for half the season, we get into all of it on today's pod uh, football insider go to cleveland.com slash browns to get signed up and get that daily newsletter delivered to your inbox get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns and become one of our text subscribers again cleveland.com slash browns the blue banner at the top of the page to get info get signed up all right here we go our thursday orange and brown talk podcast go on the orange brown talk podcast on a thursday we're going to do our first faq podcast we'll have a a series of these coming out over the next month leading up to training camp um, where we do some frequently asked questions about the browns and you probably remember this is our 20 question series and then our 21 question series listen the years are just going to keep adding up at some point i don't know that any of us would still be doing this but we don't want to leave like the people coming after us to have to do like 50 browns questions it's just (laughs) not fair so we are we are doing faqs is what we're calling them and today we're going to talk about expectations and this is a tough one but i think it's actually a good time to do it now because i think it speaks to sort of where the browns are as we await this deshaun watson ruling which could come in a matter of days a matter of weeks we just have no idea but everything we talk about with this team we sort of have to talk about in two different ways we have to talk about it with deshaun watson and without deshaun watson and mary Kay, even that one player Obviously, it's the most important position in football. That one player just changes so much for this team. Yeah, I mean, and it's like that for most teams in the NFL. If you have a really good quarterback and you pluck him out of the lineup, uh, it's going to change things drastically. And in the case of an elite quarterback like Deshaun Watson, it's not like you've got uh, you know a really good quarterback and a, and a pretty good backup. No, this is like, elite quarterback and then you know average above average backup so uh it, things would be drastically different without Deshaun Watson but I really do think that you know they have plans they have contingencies they know they can run the ball uh, they know they've got good tight ends and you know they can 
focus a lot on the, the short passing game, try to get the ball into the hands of their playmakers a lot. That's what they'll try to do. Uh, you know, just run a lot of those short, short crossing routes and uh, let these guys try to do their thing. Uh, so yeah, I, it's really, it's hard to figure it out, but, um, but suffice to say that, uh, that things will look a lot different if Deshaun's not out there. So one of the questions, uh, and our colleague, Scott Patsko came up with all of these, uh, was are the Browns playoff contenders? And so you look with Deshaun Watson, the answer is obviously yes. And we'll get into what expectations would be if Deshaun plays a good chunk of the season. Uh, but the question here is, are the Browns playoff contenders with Jacoby Brissett? Ashley, what does that look like if the Browns are playoff contenders and Jacoby Brissett's the quarterback? Uh, first of all, I think it's, you're going to probably have to get some help. Like we've talked about it, like that last spot potentially could be anywhere from like what you said yesterday, Dan, like seven to 10 wins. You know, you're looking at maybe the lower win total. I think you're looking at a lot of lower scoring games, like period, but especially in the games you win, because I'm just going to keep hammering this point home. Like at that point, I think you really are going to need your defense to, win you some games and and have them kind of step up as as this cohesive unit like we think they're going to be able to do in their second year together so that's kind of how I envision it maybe somewhere around like 10 wins and then then you're talking about being a playoff contender and I do think that's feasible especially the front of this schedule I think uh there's some extremely extremely winnable games particularly the first four that I think there's really no excuses for losing those if you have Jacoby Brissett as your starter. Yeah. And, and Mary Kay, just speaking about this in these terms with, uh, let's just say Jacoby Brissett is starting the full season. Is it basically just about this defense and, and how good this defense can be? Uh, not just about the defense, because I think you, you have to take into account a really, really good running game. I mean, and if you have those two components, an excellent defense and an excellent running game, uh, you know, you can get a lot of mileage out of that. And actually, you know, I, I think that, you know, Jacoby Brissett might be better with all this talent around him than people remember him being or, or that people think that he is. And they will design the offense to make sure that they maximize his strengths and that he's doing what he does well. He's got Amari Cooper out there. He's got David Njoku, Harrison Bryant, David Bell. I mean, he's going to have a lot of weapons around him and he can play some football. And, uh, you know, they won't rely on him to win games for, for them. Um, but I, you know, I, I think he can get the job done. And I think they would be playoff contenders because, I mean, you can make the playoffs with, with 10 victories and, and they should be able to win 10 games with the roster that they have. So let, let's keep going down that road then. Again, if Jacoby Brissett starts for the whole season, you know, we've we've thrown out, or at least I've thrown out the term lost season, uh, because I think this team is a Super Bowl contender with good quarterback play. Um, and if you didn't have Deshaun Watson, that wouldn't be the case. But Mary Kay, what should fans expect? Like, like what should a reasonable expectation like you have to do this, barring some catastrophic injury to like Miles Garrett or something, you have to do this to consider this season a success? Is, I mean, is it play is it still playoffs or bust at least? I, I think so. I, I think so. When you have, I mean, think about all the money they have spent on this football team this year, all the extensions they have handed out, all of the things that they have done to build this team, the, uh, 
the trade for Amari Cooper. Uh, this this was it. This was the supposed to be the Super Bowl edition of the Cleveland Browns this year. Um, and then, of course, you take Deshaun Watson out of the mix and it, it changes the picture. But I still think they have to be playoff bound in order for this season to be considered a success. You don't have to go try to win. You don't have to go win the Super Bowl. But I mean, hey, look, stranger things have happened there, too. I mean, there have been teams that made it to the Super Bowl in spite of their quarterback. Right. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens did it with Trent Dilfer. Um, there are plenty of examples of that. Now, it might be a little bit different now because this is such a pass oriented quarterback driven league now. And the bar is so high, as we all saw in the playoffs and the Super Bowl last year. But I still think you can have a solid football team and win plenty of games with what they have. Ashley, I would agree with that. I, I think when you look at, I mean, if we're going to sit here and talk about this is one of the best offensive lines in football, this is one of the best, we think we this can be one of the best secondaries in football. Miles Garrett can win defensive player of the year. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are the best running back tandem in football. We're, there's a lot of areas on this team where you're saying like, if it's not the best, it's like in the top group uh, of their positions. It feels like, as long as you just have competent quarterback play, that team still has to make the playoffs, I think, to consider success. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think the expectation has just kind of changed. Like, I, I think you're when when I talk about that change, I think it's changed in Berea compared to, you know, five, 10 years ago, whatever, when there were other regimes here. I think it's changed amongst the fans. Like, I think it's changed amongst the players who have been here through some of the leaner years as well. Like, I just remember last season, you know, when we kind of went through this and they were eliminated before that Monday night game in Pittsburgh. And those last two weeks were absolutely brutal. And, you know, all season we kept like, we, we kept talking about, we felt like something was off with this group. And then it was just kind of like all the air got left out of the room and, and the mood was just so despondent, I guess. I mean, I do think that, like you said, Dan, you have all these guys, these key pieces who aren't at quarterback, but who have been here for a while now. Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, throw Denzel Ward in there too. The guys on the offensive line, Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller, like these guys who who have either been together a really long time and are primed veterans now or are just entering their prime or, or haven't even entered their prime yet in some cases. Um, so I, I just think you do still have to make the playoffs. Otherwise, we're going to kind of get that same feeling again, regardless of whether or not Deshaun Watson plays a game this year or not. And and again, it just goes back to like in a, in a world where seven teams make the playoffs, you don't have to be a great team to make the playoffs. You you can be I mean, what, what was Pittsburgh's record last year? I, I've got to look that up here. But I mean, it's, they weren't a great team by any stretch of the imagination, but they made the playoffs because they've but, been expanded. I'm pulling up the standings right now. Pittsburgh was nine, seven, and yeah, one. I was just, just going to say nine, nine victories. Yep. And they, and they were the seventh seed in 2020. Um, things were a little skewed because remember the Browns were 11 and five and they were like the fifth. Was, I think they were the sixth seed. So that was the year where 11 and five made the playoffs and 10 and six missed. So it varies year to year, but I mean, there's, you can be a nine and seven team or a nine and eight team and, and, at least be in playoff contention. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that that will be the focus on the part of the rest of the team for however long Deshaun Watson is out. They're not going to say, look, he's not here. So let's just cash it in and we'll see you guys next year. No, no, no. 
These guys know what they're capable of. The defense knows what it's capable of. I think they'll be even more motivated to go out there and make those big impact plays, to go out there and get that ball back for their offense. Uh, I think there are enough fiery leaders on this team uh, that they will uh, definitely try to keep everything going just the way that it was going to as best they possibly can. And think about this, you guys, and we all know this. We've been saying it for a long time. There are a lot of players on this team that are in the prime of their career, and they know this was supposed to be the year. Nobody, there were there are play, players on this team that would not have been excited about Baker Mayfield coming back to this team because they didn't feel that he necessarily was the quarterback to get them to the Super Bowl. Jadavian Clowney came back to play with Deshaun Watson. Amari Cooper thought that he probably had some inkling that they were going to trade for Deshaun Watson before he got traded here. I don't know for sure if he did or not. But, you know, there are plenty of players that are on this team right now in this moment because this was supposed to be the year, the next couple of years, but starting this year, bona fide Super Bowl contenders. So now everybody's got to readjust and figure out how to try to get the job done. And, and weirdly, one of the things playing to the Browns advantage could be you've got all these great quarterbacks in the AFC, but. Kansas City, Las Vegas, the Chargers, and Denver, they're all in the same division. Like, they're they are going to be beaten up on each other. Um, I mean, there's a chance that one of – I mean, it's probably not going to be Patrick Mahomes, but one of Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, or Russell Wilson, one of those guys could miss the playoffs because that division is is so stacked and, and so good. So that, that would certainly help the Browns, too, if those teams are beaten up on each other. Of course, the Browns have a pretty good division in their own right, so um, that would make it more difficult. Uh, let's take a break, and then we're going to bring Deshaun Watson back into the mix and, and ask a few questions about him and how he, he impacts expectations for this team. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. So now we're going to have some form of Deshaun Watson on this football team. And let's just start here. If he's not suspended for the season, Mary Kay, how many games can Deshaun Watson miss? and the Browns still have a shot to make the playoffs and potentially go on to contend for a Super Bowl? You know, I'm going to say eight. I'm going to say eight because, uh, as we've talked about before, the first four games on the schedule are pretty easy. And um, and so if you can get through the first four or five games and you're kind of hanging in there, I mean, if you can play – 500 or a little bit above 500 ball. And then he comes back for the last nine games of the season. As you just mentioned, you can make the playoffs with nine victories. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think he can miss eight games and they still would have a very decent shot at making the playoffs. Ashley, what do you think the number is? Yeah. Eight has also kind of been the number that I've repeatedly landed on. And basically again, just to give people a reminder of the first four weeks of the schedule, They're at Carolina, they're home against the Jets, they're home against the Steelers in a Thursday night game, and then they're at the Falcons. Like, again, I I just think all four of those games 
are winnable regardless. But then the Chargers come to town. Then the Patriots come to town, who's always tough. Then you have to go on the road and play Baltimore. And then the Bengals come to town. So that takes you to week eight. Week nine's the bye. Week 10, they're at Miami. Then at Buffalo. Then Tampa Bay. There's there's a tough stretch right after that bye that I think they would really, really benefit from having Deshaun Watson back. Of course, week 13, down in the Texans, the storylines for that game, if that would come to fruition, I can already imagine. Um but but realistically, I mean, kind of like I said at the top, like, right, like it is still feasible even for me that they make it if he doesn't play at all. Like I, things, like I said, maybe have to shake out their way. So when I say eight games, I'm thinking like what maybe a bit more comfortably gets them in, what maybe allows them to control their own destiny. And that for me, I think is kind of the path you need him back about midway through the season to kind of you know, for him too to get back into the groove and, and get going with these guys and see if it all meshes together. I don't want to turn this into the schedule game here, but it does feel like those first four games are super important. If he's suspended eight to 10, those first four, like you've got to, you know, to say you have to go four and oh, that's tough, but you have to at least be three and one before you take on Los Angeles, New England, Baltimore, and Cincinnati. Um, you, You have to at least win three of those four it would certainly be great if you could win all four of those games. Uh, but th- those first four games are just super important. You've, you've got to lay the groundwork. And Mary Kay, we've actually seen it with this team. They've started quick under Kevin Stefanski. They've gotten off to some good starts, you, you know, even last year before it all fell apart. Well, they have to stay healthy, too. They have to – everybody else kind of tr- – the key players have got to stay healthy while Jacoby Brissett is in there trying to hold down the fort in order for this thing – to work out the way that they want it to. So that's a key. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure they're going to do everything they possibly can to keep this team as healthy as they can this year. Uh, so that that's definitely a priority. Um, but the other thing to consider is, and I mean, who knows? Who honestly knows at this point? I think they're comfortable with Jacoby Brissett, but what if Deshaun Watson is out for a year and they start looking around? I mean, what if they do? You know, I mean, well, you just you'd have you to at least look around for a backup, right? Yes. Yeah. You'd have to do that. But I mean, you know, once again, these decisions don't happen in a vacuum. Sometimes you get group think going, you get other people involved, you get other considerations and, you know, someone with a very passionate or powerful idea can sway others in the organization. So you never know. I mean, you, you never know right now. I don't think that they're going to do something like try to trade for, for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think so, but, um, but who knows what, what if, what if people say, Hey, you know what, Let, let's do it. Let's, let's bring him in. He wins games. He, he takes teams to the playoffs. He's been to a super bowl. Let's, let's get him in here. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that'll happen, but if it does, you know, do you guys think that would change the drastically change the playoff outlook? Um, maybe. I think it depends on the person for me. Yeah. Like to to add the adjective drastically, it would it would depend on the person. But I think if they're making the move, that's the goal, right? Like they would be making it because they think they're in a drastically better position with this person. If it's for, in theory, like a starter, like if they kind of like we talked about before, like if they get in a training camp and this just isn't working or or they start off really slowly and Jacoby Brissett isn't getting it done, like that that would kind of, I think, be the the kind of move you would have to be looking to make if you're going to make one at all. I, I guess I would look at it 
um how much better does like how much better are you with Jim? Like, let's just use Jimmy Garoppolo. How much better of a team are you with Jimmy Garoppolo? Are you still trying to do some of the same things and try to minimize that position like you would with Jacoby Brissett? Because the the only issue, I'd be all for bringing in Jimmy. This is sort of like the Baker thing. I'd be all for bringing in Jimmy if he were a free agent. But now, if you're talking about, I've got to give you a second round pick or a third round pick or two like the Browns don't have a lot of draft picks. They, they really have to value those mid round picks with no first rounders sitting there. And I'm sure San Francisco would want something. Some you'd probably have to give up some combination of seconds and thirds. And and that would be, you know, if you're doing that just to spin your wheels, I, I don't know if that's the right move, but if Jimmy were a free agent, I would jump on that in a heartbeat, which again, that's, that's the Baker discussion, right? If you're Carolina or Seattle, you know, yeah, we'd love to have Baker, but we don't want to give up assets and pay him $18 million. Right. And at one point we know, and I, I reported that uh, they didn't view him as uh, enough of an upgrade over Baker Mayfield. Maybe, maybe somewhat, maybe equal, maybe not, whatever, uh, but not enough to do whatever it was going to take to try to make that happen over Baker. Um, how they would feel about that in terms of the Jacoby Brissett comparison for the entire year. Maybe they look at it a little bit differently. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's going to be an interesting debate to have once it all comes down. So part of this debate, I guess, has to do with the head coach. And I, I'm not here to put Kevin Stefanski on the hot seat because I don't believe he would be. But is I, I guess, is there some scenario where this, I, I guess if Deshaun Watson is suspended, is Kevin Stefanski pretty much Teflon? Like whatever happens this season happens. And like, Hey, your quarter, the quarterback we traded for, for you got suspended for the year. There wasn't a ton you could do. You kept this team above water. Or is there a scenario where he could end up in danger? I, I mean, I, I don't see one Mary Kay. I'm just curious what you guys think. You know what? I, I don't see one either. Uh, they, they hired Kevin Stefanski to be sort of the, the CEO coach, the overseer, of the, the football team, the person who could assemble an excellent staff and do all of those sorts of things. And none of that has changed. So I, I don't see them coming even close to, to him being anywhere near somebody they would even be thinking about. He, he's their man and he's here long-term. Yeah, Ashley, it just, it doesn't feel, <laughs> they'd have to go like two and 14 and just know. be a mess. And I, like, I, don't, I don't like see that happening. I just don't no. see a scenario. I, I'm trying to even think, like, what could Kevin Stefanski even <laughs> do to possibly even have this discussion, like, internally amongst them? Like, like I don't know, like, send Deshaun Watson out there when he's not suspended to, like, kick and long snap <laughs> and he tears both his ACLs? Like, I don't know. Like, what would, what, like, to me, there's not even a decision he could make that, like, would be considered a fireable offense if, like, you don't have Deshaun Watson for most of the season or all of the season, depending on what the suspension looks like. Like, it's just such a big factor in how your team is built. You sold the farm to get him. Like, you can't then turn around and blame the head coach because you don't have the quarterback you paid record money to that you think is going to be your franchise-altering quarterback that's going to win you a Super Bowl. And and that's that's kind of why I wanted to ask that question because I think it, it speaks to at least – kind of where this organization is now this is very dependent on the trade they made that that put everybody out there but it sort of speaks to where this organization is that we kind of have to strain and stretch to figure out what it, what it would even look like for him to be on the hot seat let alone get fired it feels like he's 
pretty secure in, in his mm-hmm. job right now. And, and there's some stability there at that position. Absolutely. 100%. I don't even, I don't even think uh, that's a question. And I know a lot of people had questions about that last year because uh, they kind of agreed with Baker in some cases that he wasn't calling the plays the way they should be called and was at times zigging when maybe he should have zagged and whatnot. Um, but I think he's in very good standing with the organization and on solid ground. Okay, so uh, Deshaun Watson gets six to eight games. That's the <laughs> that's the number uh, of choice here. And, and Mary Kay, you, as we're recording this, you just put up a story at cleveland.com slash Browns saying that the NFL would not uh, settle for six to eight games, which just real quickly, that, that sort of speaks to like, as we're trying to read the tea leaves and figure out where this is going, that if the NFL is basically staking its claim that they're not going to settle for six to eight games, it just still feels very realistic. This could be a year because it, it kind of could be up to Roger at the in the end of all this. Yeah. I mean, if they are digging their heels in the way that it seems like they still are, and so far they have through the first two days of the hearing, uh, they might not settle for anything less than uh, than the indefinite su- suspension for a minimum of a year, or maybe they would settle for a finite 17 game suspension or whatever a suspension for this season, which again, we've talked about this before, however it works out, it would behoove the Browns to have it structured in such a way or described in such a way that they get to toll the contract after this year. Uh, I, I don't know how that's going to go over. I don't know how that's going to work out hard to come by that information right now. Uh, but it would be in the best interest of the Browns to be able to keep him for the full five years after this. Uh, And not, as we said yesterday, throw that, or the other day, throw that $46 million right out the window, which is one fifth of the 230 that they are paying him fully guaranteed. Um, So, um, so we'll have to, we'll have to see where it ends up, but, um, but I think the league wants to end up with, if it, can with him being off the football field this year okay so that's no fun to talk about Mm. (laughs) that's the problem this whole team just isn't very fun to talk about right now so we're going to pretend it's six to eight games ashley what are the expectations for this team if deshaun watson is back week nine that's tough i mean it really like you said kind of depends on i think so much would hinge on those first four games in that point like if you get off to a slow start and things are just spiraling and you're like I don't know, three and five when he comes back, that's a problem, right? Like, I think if they kind of just hold down the fort and he's back, I don't, I'm I'm gonna hesitate to say Super Bowl because that is still kind of asking a lot when he hasn't played football in over a year um, and he's coming on a new team and we don't know what this looks like yet. But I'll say maybe like an AFC championship type of run, that's, that's kind of where my expectations, I think right now, just given those bare bones circumstances, that's where I would be at. That sounds, that sounds good. I would say like, if he can play 10 games or nine games, whatever it would be, I'm so, I'm still, I'm never going to get used to this 17 game math. If he could play nine to 10 games, I think this team could get to the playoffs and win a playoff game because I do think you have to factor in that he hasn't played football since 2020. Um, He's not going to be getting reps during practice. Um, you know, they, they're going to have to give those. I think there's, I think he's able to, at some point, 
I, I don't know. He might be able to come back and practice at some point during the suspension, but you got to give those reps to Jacoby because he's playing. Um, I, I think there's, it would be a tough ask for him to miss like half the season, come right in seamlessly and be able to go head to head with the likes of Herbert and Mahomes and Burrow and all those guys right away. But I certainly think this team could be good enough to at least get to the divisional round. Mm-hmm. And, and be competitive and maybe have a chance for an AFC championship appearance? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, if you have Deshaun Watson in the lineup and you have this whole supporting cast and everybody's healthy, once you get to the playoffs and he's acclimated to the team, anything can still happen. I think he probably could go head-to-head at that point with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen. I, I think he probably could. I mean, maybe I'm overestimating it, but uh, but I do think that there, there probably is enough talent on this team, although I still think they need one more good veteran receiver. I, I truly believe that. Um, but for the most part, I, I think he is good enough to, um, to contend with those guys. But I think there are some things that, that he is going to have to do and the Browns are going to have to do to make sure he's okay when he comes back. And that is um, everybody has to deal with his emotional state because Uh, He will have been through a lot. Um, They're going to have to make sure that he's continuing to get the counseling, but I think that's going to be part of the conditions that he's going to have to meet. So I don't think anybody's going to have to try too hard to enforce that, but I think he's going to need to stay off social media. If I were him, I would get out of Cleveland for the whole, you know, if you can, if you're suspended and you can't be here with the team, then I would get out of Cleveland for the time that you're not here. I think, I think emotionally that will be too hard, too draining uh, and he should just go somewhere where he doesn't have to be reminded every single day of what, of what the deal is. Um, when I say stay off social media, I get the feeling that he is still very much involved in reading everything that everybody's saying about him. Right. I mean, you guys probably agree with me. Um, and I think he needs to not do that. Uh, or it could take him down emotionally to, you know, where he doesn't even think so. He, you know, when you're 26 years old, you probably don't think that those things could could really get to you the, the way that they actually probably will. Uh, so I, if I were his handlers, his managers, his people, I would uh, really encourage him not, not to be reading everything that's being said about him on Twitter because, you know, if he can block some of that out and put on the blinders, I think he'll have a better chance of, uh, acclimating back into the team and playing some good football. Uh, so I think all of those things are going to have to happen. And, you know, but even having said all that, you're still going to have to develop some timing. You're still going to have to understand the new offense. And here's another factor that will happen in the second half of the season. Can you guys guess? No. <laughs> okay. It is the weather. Oh yeah. When when he comes if he comes back for the final 9 games of the season, he will be playing probably in the kind of weather that he just didn't have to play in very much uh when he played for the Houston Texans. And so that's also going to be an adjustment. He's going to have to learn to play with frozen hands. He's going to have to learn to play with a ball that feels like a brick. He's going to have to learn to play in those crazy windy conditions uh that he played with when he was in Cleveland. And it's not just Cleveland. He's going to have to deal with those in the other cold weather cities uh, in the AFC North and on the schedule. So those are all things to consider. I'll say this, though. 
when you go back and watch that game that he played um, against the Browns, the, the Browns ended up winning that game. The numbers weren't great because the conditions were just brutal. Like nobody was going to Peyton Manning wasn't going to put up great numbers in those conditions, but he made some throws in that game that were there. There was one where Ronnie Harrison was hanging onto his ankle and it almost looks like he just threw it up for grabs, but then you watch the play and he just put the ball exactly where his receiver could go get it. Um, so he, he's playing in it every single week is different than having to play in it once. <laughs> but, uh, but if you, if you go back and watch some of the plays he made in that game, even though the Texans lost, he, he was certainly the better quarterback on the field that day. Well, the other thing, just real quick, because um, Ashley, I know you're going to want to weigh in too here, but the other thing that you have to consider is that, you know, it takes a while to learn what kinds of plays to call for your quarterback when you two are working together. That relationship between the play caller and the quarterback is so vitally important. You have to get to know each other. You have to get a feel for each other. You have to figure out how much leeway you're going to give him uh, at the line of scrimmage, you know, what he can do and what he can't do, uh, what he likes in certain situations and, and what he doesn't. It could take a little while to figure some of that, that out where, where they get really good together, Kevin and Deshaun. Yeah. I, I mean, Ashley, what do you, what would you expect from Deshaun coming back? If you know his first home game would be, let's see here. Uh, they've got Emma <laughs> He could come back at Buffalo. Even. Yeah. So even if they open on the road, he could have to go to Buffalo where it's just absolutely brutal. Um, but then a home game against Tampa. So, I mean, it certainly would be a challenge. Yeah, the Mary Kay's point about the weather is just fascinating to me. And we haven't talked about that. I know, I know we don't want to play the schedule game too much, but when we did our schedule release podcast, like this was a big point in the second half of the season that they – you know, obviously we know the the home and away splits are kind of wonky this year with the front half and the back half of the schedule. But looking at those second half games post the week, nine by week, the only real quote unquote warm-ish games, I think they're guaranteed are at Miami and at Houston. Otherwise, like Dan says, you're at Buffalo, Tampa Bay comes here, you're at the Bengals, the Ravens come here, the Saints come here. You go to Washington on New Year's Day, which no guarantee that's going to be, you know, above 40 degrees. <laughs> You're at Pittsburgh. So I I just think really like he is going to have to learn to manage that. And like to Mary Kay's point, like not only has he not handled that in the NFL, like didn't really have to handle it in college because he went to Clemson, didn't really have to handle it in high school or anything because he's from Georgia. Like there, that is, I think, a big factor that I am curious about if he would come back. But, but I think like bigger than that, bigger picture, it is just about, okay, how much did they actually make these reps sort of count? How have these other guys who, you know, we think are going to be key pieces, whether or not Deshaun Watson is out there on the field at all this year, how have they kind of come along in this new system? How much are the Browns actually able to run that new system? If Jacoby Brissett is your guy, um, I, I just think there's a lot of factors are at play that make it kind of really hard to determine, like we've been saying all along, what is this actually going to look like? <laughs> That's life talking about the Browns right now. Uh, we're, we're basically, we said this but before we came on, we're talking about two different teams, essentially, um, depending on, on how this suspension plays out. Uh, so there we go. Expectations for the Browns as we get our FAQ series kicked off. These will be coming up on the feed uh, sporadically over the next month leading up to training camp. Uh, we're talking defense, special teams, uh, all aspects of the Browns as we get you ready for training camp, which opens uh, at the end of July. 
Uh, so just make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And of course, make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. For Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.